So this morning we remember the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountaintop. It's yet another trip to the top of a mountain. Yet another trip to the top of Mount Sinai, God's holy mountain for Moses. And Exodus 24, as Cindy just read to us, the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I'll give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses set out with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. Seems Moses, over the course of his life, made several trips to the mountaintop, called there by Almighty God Himself to receive instruction, to commune with God, to spend time with the Father, and this particular time to collect God's commandments for the people of Israel. See, this particular trip was a lengthy one, and before he left, Moses gave instructions to the elders, saying, wait here for us until we come back again, for Aaron and Hur are with you, and whoever has a dispute, they can go to them. And then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days, the Bible says. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. And Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. God called Moses to the mountain to give him the stone tablets on which God himself had written the Ten Commandments of the law. The very tablets that would reside in the Ark of the Covenant as an indicator of the permanent presence of God with his people through his word. So we fast forward a little bit, and this time it's Jesus and his disciples, not all of them, but a few of them. In our gospel lesson from Matthew this morning in Matthew 17, we find Jesus and three of his disciples at the top of a high mountain. And the text doesn't particularly say exactly which mountain. Maybe it's Mount Maron, just northwest of the Sea of Galilee. Maybe it's Mount Hermon, northeast of Galilee. Or maybe it's Mount Tabor, although not as likely. And I say that because compared to the other mountains, it was not really all that high. It was only 1,900 feet And not only that, but it had a town built on the top of it. So maybe Mount Tabor, but probably not. But whichever mountain it was, some interesting things happened there. Matthew tells us six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, 
and his clothes became dazzling white. So it seems that six days prior to this, something significant happened. What was it that had such importance that it would be mentioned here along with the transfiguration of Christ? What was it that happened six days ago that would bear significance in the light of the transfiguration? Well, all we have to do is back up in our New Testament to Matthew 16. And we see here that Jesus asked his disciples some questions. He says, who do people say that I am? And he asked them, who do you say that I am? And the people think that Jesus might be John the Baptist raised from the dead or that he might be the prophet Elijah or one of the other ancient prophets like Isaiah or Moses who is making a reappearance. And it's here that Peter makes this declaration. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And upon hearing that declaration from Peter, Jesus replies, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, that is the rock of your faith, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, after Peter's important declaration, Jesus began to show his disciples that he would have to go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and that he would be killed, and on the third day he would rise again. But the disciples didn't understand what he was trying to tell them. Matthew says, And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. You know, you kind of have to feel bad for Peter. I mean, when you think about it, he's blessed one minute and he's being called Satan the next. That must have been very confusing. To all the disciples, it must have been very confusing for Jesus, the King, the Messiah, to tell them that he would be turned over to the chief priests, be killed, and then would rise again. So we have the benefit of knowing the end of the story, don't we? And they didn't have that. And so now, six days later, Jesus and Peter and James and John are on the top of the mountain. And Matthew tells us he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. This is the transfiguration. 
Jesus becomes radiant in glory upon the mountaintop. Jesus reveals to the three disciples that were present a look, at least a partial look at his divinity. See, they didn't understand before that he would be killed and be raised three days later. Because despite all the miracles that they had seen and all the signs and the wonders that they had seen Jesus do, that he had given them the authority to do also, they still couldn't quite grasp that this man Jesus was in fact God incarnate. And so he reveals to them at least a glimpse of this divinity, of his divine nature. And they had been setting their minds not on divine things, as Jesus told them, but on human things. And so now Jesus gives them a taste of, of the divine. They got to see him in his glory so that they would get a greater understanding of who he was. Before this, they had only seen him in his human body. And after telling them just six days ago that he was going to die and be resurrected, he helped them to comprehend what he had said by allowing them a glimpse of his Godness. So then we continue to read in Matthew, it says, Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Now why is this significant? Well, if you recall, the people were speculating that Jesus might be Moses or Elijah reappearing. But now... Here, the disciples saw all three of them talking together, which completely dispelled that idea. Moses and Elijah represent the law and the prophets. So here in all their glory, they are representatives of the law that Jesus fulfilled and the prophets whose countless prophecies Jesus fulfilled in the Bible, in the scriptures. And they're meeting here with the author and the finisher of the new covenant. The old way is being set aside and the new way is coming into the fullness of time. Matthew writes, Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter. Lord love him. In his enthusiasm, he's still missing the point. See, Peter usually engages the mouth before he engages the brain. Such a great moment on the mountaintop. Jesus and Moses and Elijah, all of them radiant in glory. It's, it's 
an amazing mountaintop experience. And Peter wants the moment to never end. Let's stay here a while. I'll build three houses. One for you. One for Moses. One for Elijah. Let's dwell here on the mountaintop. I never want to leave. But see, what he doesn't realize is that the conference on the mountaintop is not the main event. As much as Peter would like the experience to continue, there's still work to be done. And the work is not on the mountaintop. But it's down in the valley. And so we see that while we are often called to the mountaintop to receive instruction, to get inspiration, to be recharged and equipped, our true calling is always down in the valley. We're not so much called to the mountain as we are sent from it. Does that make sense? So Matthew continues, while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them and from the cloud a voice said, this is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them saying, get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. And they were coming down the mountain and Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Listen to him, God tells the disciples. Of the three persons that are Before the disciples on the mountaintop, radiant in glory, Jesus and Moses and Elijah, of those three people present, God tells them, listen to Jesus. See, here is represented by Moses the law, and by Elijah the prophets, and by Jesus the new covenant, And God is saying of those three, listen to Jesus. Jesus supersedes and fulfills the other two. Listen to him from this point on. As much as the disciples would have liked to stay in the glory of the moment, as much as we might like to stay in the Old Testament, in the law, The time on the mountaintop has come to an end and there's work to be done in the valley. And so here we are in the valley. The Son of Man has indeed been raised from the dead. So Jesus' instruction to tell no one about the transfiguration, to tell no one about His divinity, well, that instruction no longer applies. Down here in the valley, 
Now that Jesus has been raised from the dead, that instruction is no longer valid. In fact, we have received new instructions. A command to spread the good news to every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And that begins right here, right now. From this particular mountaintop experience at Countryside that we get to enjoy every Sunday, and from the mountaintop experience that we get to enjoy on Wednesday nights at Bible study at 6.30 in the fellowship hall, we are being called to do the work of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ in our community and beyond. Down in the valley, where all the people are. It's our mission field. Our mission field into which you are being sent today to tell somebody about what happened on the mountain. The divinity, the Godhead bodily was transfigured. The divinity of Christ was revealed. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God, I'm